Alright everybody, welcome back to a new episode. Um, I hope the quality's a little better. Um, I have been having a lot of trouble sleeping lately, so um, I've been trying to get better and work on some things, but um, I'm here to give you guys your messages like usual. Um, another uh, scripture reading, um, and this time we're going to focus on the signs of the Antichrist. And why this is very important is because of the kind of state we're living in today. Um, what the churches teach, what um, churches have given, and um, even going further from here, what's going to occur in the future. So, for example, um, people like uh, Bill Gates... Henry Kissinger, um, Saddam Hussein, <coughs> Ronald Reagan, um, you know, Barack Obama, uh, Putin, Hitler, and uh, even for some people, uh, usually on um, Dem Democrats to the far left side, I uh, would consider Trump a, uh, it was considered Trump the Antichrist. I remember, um, I was on Facebook one day, and one of the people were showing a video of Trump and said that he's the Antichrist. <laughs> and I'm like, well, before you were a Christian, the longest time I knew this guy, he was a Wiccan, practicing witchcraft and everything, and really getting, uh, he was a really good boss at the time, I was working at Domino's, I was a teenager, but he really doesn't know what the Bible is, he just knows the basics, and that's one of the issues uh, with today, is that people don't actually know what the scriptures are, and this is why I always urge everybody to read the Bible, but when we look at all these people, um, especially people in the World Economic Forums, the uh, political parties, the um, big headliners, all these people have one great thing in common. And they all are looked up upon <clears throat> because of what and who they are. They have fame, they have glory, uh, they have uh, riches, they're powerful, you know. People like Hillary Clinton can probably kill somebody and get away with it, you know? But when we look at these aspects of people being the Antichrist, they have um, parts of what the Antichrist is going to have, but they aren't exactly the Antichrist, because there's two sides to this. When we read the Bible... An Antichrist is actually a group of believers that believe the Antichrist. And then there's also the Antichrist himself, which is this type of prophet that's going to come that's going to be extremely powerful, and he's going to change the face of the world. When we look in it... Um, The Bible is really clear that the Antichrist will be coming. And when the Antichrist does come, there's going to be destruction, persecution, and death 
that will all come with him, and the world will never be seen or seen again in this kind of state. Um, so the way that we live in our world today, we have high-tech to um, technologies, we have supercomputers, we have phones that are in our hands that can go on the internet and can do anything that uh, my desktop can do pretty much. We got, um, you know, cars that can self-drive. We got missiles that can destroy entire nations. We got, you know, unspeakable things on top of the, the conspiracy theories of, like, stuff like Project Blue Beam and the harp uh, stuff and um, that one that's in Switzerland that uh, is trying to open like black holes or portals and stuff that's underground uh, I can't remember that um, the name of that one but um, all these different theories and conspiracies and stuff that have all been coming out have all had one really um, intense understanding is whether you believe in the conspiracies or not we all have to understand that the technology and everything that we're living in today is beyond what they ever thought at that time we could, they could ever have and basically when we think about John of Patmos when he had this vision you know these prophecies that were coming you know um, they're starting to make sense now they're starting to become materialized and everybody thought you know Jesus you know said he'd come back after a thousand years and it's been two thousand now but we're waiting the right time for Christ to come back we don't determine his clock he has his timer set and we don't know the time of God so basically the time hasn't left the prophecy but time is catching up to the prophecy so basically John of Patmos would have the symbol of revelation up here and the timeline is catching up to where his prophecy was and that's what we need to understand is that when the prophecies start happening that's when we know they're true um In Matthew like 24 22 it real reveals that the prophesied days no flesh would be saved from mankind's destructive capacity if we're not in Christ's return and it was not possible to enter the era of weapons of mass destruction at that time um, the weapons that we have today will eradicate all flesh like we, we won't be anything you know um, we go on, uh, you know, like, we think about in World War II, Nagasaki and Hiroshima, um, when we dropped the, the bomb, and, um, you know, the atomic bomb, and we obliterated two of their cities, you know? And now we have missiles that are 10, 
hundred, even a thousand times more powerful than those. We go uh, forward into like Daniel 12, uh, four, verse 4, and he describes the end times as an era in which many run to and fro, and the knowledge uh, shall increase. And ancient words will describe our modern world. And when we look at some places in global travel, um, we look at uh, all these different aspects of the way that the world is, it's hard to understand the prophecies because when we read them, they're not exactly saying airplanes, missiles. They're not using the terminology that we use today. In fact, they probably wouldn't because at the time they were, again, using a different language. Um, but... The prophecies regarding the Antichrist are not dusty old writing. Um, for just our age, and, uh, they were specifically for our modern age, inspired by God, and who declares the end from the beginning. In Isaiah 46.10, um, his warnings are about the final Antichrist are vital. The rise of the figure will bring more death and destruction and human suffering than our world has ever experienced and um, the period in which uh, the Bible will call the Great Tribulation and um, when the Antichrist will rise to power he'll deceive a vast majority of human beings um, subtly and uh, seductively swaying them like, he'll go in and literally penetrate their minds. Um, men and women, and I guess for all those people that are confused about their gender, uh, those people too, but I'm pretty sure they're already confused. So, we're going to go back to, um, you know, the men and women uh, that are completely lost, and they're willingly going to accept a false and demonic counterfeit gospel the version of Christianity that's on earth is actually um, possessing great influence already and there's a good chance that a lot of you that are listening are probably undergoing this and practicing a false Christianity um, He will be a man under the direct influence of Satan himself, and the man will be devoted to erasing true Christianity from the face of the earth, replacing it with the religion that sounds a lot like true Christianity, and uses the name of Jesus Christ. But it re represents the very opposite of Christianity, and that Jesus taught and was exemplified. So when we look... Uh, if you actually read your scriptures and read your Bible, you'll understand and know the difference between the Antichrist and the real Christ. Because if you don't read your Bible, you're not going to know the difference. Um, the Antichrist will be a religious leader, you know. Um, much like the, the Jewish people believed that... Um, 
the uh, that Jesus was going to be a military uh, guy and just come in and kill all the enemies, they completely f misplaced that he was coming to abolish the true enemy of humanity, and that is sin. And when he comes in, he'll lead a religion in a great false church. Um, and when he comes, um, many will confuse the Antichrist with the Beast of Revelation, which is, the Beast of Revelation is a mil military, political, and economic powerhouse that will dominate the world. Um, when you think of, um, when you think of the beast, think about, like, the Wolf of Wall Street type guy, you know? Like, he's coming in, he's making all this money, and he's living as sinful as he can, you know? In Revelation 17, um, John records a vision by Jesus Christ, um... And then one, uh, one of the seven angels who had the seven bulls came and talked to me, saying, Come, I will show you the judgment of the great harlot who sits on many waters, with whom the kings of the earth committed fornication. And the inhabitants of the earth were made drunk with the wine of her fornication. So he carried me away into the spirit in the wilderness, and I saw a woman sitting on a scarlet beast, which was full of names of blasphemy, having seven heads and ten horns. The woman was arrayed in purple and scarlet and adorned with gold and precious stones and pearls and having in her hand a golden cup full of abominations and the filthiness of her fornication. And on her head was the name was written, Mystery Babylon the Great, the mother of harlots and the abominations of the earth. Now when we go through this and we understand what this uh, passage means and stuff, I want you to understand this seven heads thing has actually been an archaeological find in other empires too that have been um, characterized, I believe, in the Aztecs and the Incas, as possibly even the Mayans and um, uh, I believe the... Uh, somewhere in uh, some the Sumerians but all of these show um, like a seven-headed like walking serpent type thing um, again the uh, the pictures are very vague on the way you look at it but they all these tablets are you know um, kind of like hieroglyph looking um, things that they had on their temples and their their tablets that they used they had them set up very similar to that so um, the beast with seven heads and ten horns ridden by a prostitute in the end times um, you know it, it, it means like it will show a lot of different things and people wonder about the woman uh, the rider who mounts the beast to control it and influence its movements. The beast is um, ridden and influenced by a wealthy prostitute. So we're understanding how this is working, that there's going to be some 
woman that's gonna have a control of the beast. Um, but unlike a chaste virgin that God uses to symbolize his church in the passages and such as 2 Corinthians 11 verse 2 and Revelation 19 uh, 7 through 8, a wealthy prostitute pictures the church riding a powerful beast. God often uses the terms fornication, adultery, and harlotry to refer to corruption of influence of religious compromise. Um, typically this uh, reflects to pagan um, practices and worship. And this uh, you can actually reference in Jeremiah 3 and Ezekiel 16. Um, Revelation 17 verse 16 uh, we see that the beast will eventually turn on the woman and destroy her. And the ten horns which you saw in the beast will hate the harlot, make her desolate and naked, and eat her flesh and burn her with fire. So, we do see that the beast will eventually turn on the one that's controlling it. We know that the, the Antichrist will come in the name of Jesus Christ. Matthew 24, Mark 13, and Luke 21, Jesus warned his disciples that many would um, come practicing religious deception. Um, and they would use his name, and that is the name of Jesus Christ, Matthew 24, verse 4 through 5. Um, when you continue into 1 John, it says, Yes, many antichrists have come by the time of John wrote those words. And the deception, uh, deceptive, counterfeit Christianity they wove, falsely in Jesus' name, persists and dominates the world religions today. And the reason why I was trying to amplify that, or, you know, make that a big point, is that we look at churches today that and the way that we worship and the way that we do things um, I'm not saying you have to practice every Levitical law or anything like that the Ten Commandments or something like that but we're doing premarital uh, relations we're doing um, abortions we're doing um, you know we're trying to cancel things that people disagree with. We're trying to hate on Christians. We're acting like we're Christian, but we're actually putting down the very people that we're, you know, going on. We're hating our enemies, you know, and we're going against everything that Christ has actually put on his words for us to follow. It's hard for us to follow a lot of these things because we're not as perfect as Christ, and we never will be. And anybody who says otherwise is actually a liar, and that's another thing you don't want to be. But more than ever, the Antichrist represents a person, a re uh, more than a person, it re represents a system of belief that appears to Christian but is actually a counterfeit to true Christianity. Um, Paul wrote those who preached another Jesus and brought a different gospel in 2 Corinthians 11 verse 4. 
the different gospel has existed since the time of the Twelve Apostles. And that's what we need to understand, is that if this has been around since the time of the Apostles, then we need to know what the true Word of God is. We need to study, we need to know, we need to read, we need to live in Christ. We can't just say I'm a Christian, I go to church, and I'm saved. You know? We need to actually put some effort in, because what God did for us is so much more than anybody could ever do for any of us. The final end-time Antichrist will, um, basically make a huge deception, um, make a great false prophet that will appear very Christian on the outside. Uh, Antichrist has a different beast riding from the earth, not the seven-headed beast in Revelation. Then I saw another beast coming up from the earth, and he had two horns like a lamb and spoke like a dragon. Now when we hear the terms of dragon and serpent, those are symbols for the devil. Um, we often hear um, the uh, the analogies of dragon and serpent being evil and stuff like that. Um, we know that um, places in like China and stuff for Chinese New Year 2024 is going to be the year of the dragon. Um, we know that um, you know the serpent is. Um, can also be kind of a sneaky, sly type of thing, you know, kind of like a backstabbing type of uh, being. The final Antichrist will look like a lamb, Jesus Christ, but he may seem compassionate and kind and may teach from the Bible, yet the prophecy says he'll be speaking the words of the dragon or the devil. And this is where I go by doctrines. When people start bringing me, well, you know, Calvin said this, Augustine of Hippo said this, this person said this. Well, I'm like, okay, all right, that's great that they all said that, but what does the Bible say? You know, and then they'll take out these words that are in certain scriptures that will try to fit with the doctrine. But when you read the entire passage, it's one of God's mysteries. So if you can't define the doctrine to the entire scriptures, then it's not a true doctrine, it's a false doctrine. And all doctrines are acceptable for um, reproof and correction. And in my personal opinion, I think uh, Calvinism, Lutheranism, and Armenianism are all due for correction, as well as the catechisms and the orthodoxies and all the other places that are trying to get the right thing correct. Um, he'll perform miracles as another sign. He'll perform great signs so that he can make fire come down from the heaven onto the earth in the sight of men, and those and he deceives those who dwell on earth with those signs and granted to do so by the beast. Um, this is similar to the prophet Isaiah in the Old Testament where he could uh, call fire from the sky. And the sign will amaze multitudes of people. 
Even Paul said that the coming of the lawless one, according to the works of Satan, with all the power, signs, and lying wonders, in 2 Thessalonians 2, verse 9. So, when we continue going through this, uh, we understand that the skeptics, when they see these supernatural events, they're immediately going to start following them. You know, and this has actually been very kind of concerning about the things that have been going on. Um, there's been many videos like on TikTok regarding two sons. There's been, um, you know, these things of people showing like fires in the sky, like campfires and cities in the sky and the clouds and all that. And, uh... All these people are looking at it and they're all grabbing these images and they're saying, you know, these are all signs, you know, that it's all going to be, you know, perfect and everything. But one of the biggest issues I have is that when you're saying this and you, you think that all of this is going to be like good stuff whether they're going to come down as godly or extraterrestrial or whatever we don't know the intention and we don't know what these things are all we know is that if they're not preaching the right gospel if they're not preaching what Jesus was preaching then we know that they're not of God So, if we know that they're not of God, then we have to be resisting these supernatural lies. And even though that they will appear to be uh, a godly in nature, it doesn't mean they are godly in nature. Um, again, to an untrained person that's not versed in scripture, they will be deceived by a lying tongue. And if they are deceived by this lying tongue, then they are going to follow what we wouldn't be known uh, as the Antichrist. And if we are following this person, and we're believing this person, then we know that they're not the right person. He will deny that Christ comes in the flesh. Um... This is a, a point in Second uh, John, verse 7. For many deceivers have gone out into the world who do not confess Jesus Christ as coming in the flesh. This is a deceiver and an antichrist. Now when we have these people, um, there's many people that believe that Jesus never came here. A lot of them are called atheists. Um, other people just don't believe it in general. Um, you know, other people don't believe in the crucifixion either, you know, like Muslims, for example. Um, in my personal opinion, these are all deceptions and Antichrist, uh, you know, sightings. You know, they're influenced by the Antichrist or influenced by Satan. Um,
so when we looked at this, um, Paul in Galatians 2.20 wrote this very um, amazing passage, I am crucified with Christ, nevertheless I live, yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. God, uh, Paul in this passage is appealing to the Galatians, and when he's um, when he's explaining this, he's saying, you know, I was crucified with Christ. He's not saying he's literally crucified. It's an analogy, but he's saying he's crucified with him. He will be there. He will be willing to sacrifice his life with Christ. Um, and he's saying that Christ lives within him, which I now live in the flesh, but I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me. Paul, the biggest person who hated Christ, he hated Yeshua, he hated Jesus, he hated the apostles, he wanted to kill them, he can, uh, did the stoning, um, he authorized the stoning of Stephen. All the stuff that Paul did, he ended up coming out and being picked to give the gospel to the Gentiles. The non-Jewish people that he probably hated even more than them. When we understand that we're saved by his life, you know, Romans 5.10, because we're saved by Christ's life, um, Christ is always within us, and he always guides us, and he'll always be there with us. And this is why we need to always be strong in our faith, resist all the temptations, and keep going. This guy, the uh, Antichrist, will reject God's law. Second Thessalonians, Paul says, the final Antichrist will be lawless. Um, the Antichrist will oppose the laws of God. He'll replace God's laws. Um, his religious laws will be rooted in human tradition and pagan superstition. Daniel describes this, saying, He shall speak pompous words against the Most High, shall persecute the saints in the Most High, and shall intend to change the times and the law, and the saints shall be given unto the hand for a time, and the times for a time and times and a half a time. That's Daniel seven twenty five. Daniel also reveals that the Antichrist will reject God ordained times of worship in favor of the counterfeit set of worship days. So that means he'll replace the laws with a different set of laws. He'll, um, laws that will seem Christian but will not be rooted in the laws of God or found in the Bible. The Antichrist will promote a man-made religion, laws, creeds, confessions, traditions, doctrines, and will claim the authority to overrule and clear the commands and laws of God given in Scripture. 
And this is another reason why I'm saying you need to stick to your gospel. You need to stick to your Bible. Because if you don't, then if this stuff happens, if something occurs and all Bibles are burned and we're all, we lost them all, if you don't know the scriptures because you're not reading, that's where you're going to be lost. Um, this lawless one, um, will as the Antichrist claim over what is God's himself has established and change the very laws of God. Um, this includes like the holy days, the festivals of God that are found in every Bible and supersede them. with uh from church calendars with man-made holidays like everything will be changed and we notice a lot of this again today like christmas isn't jesus's actual birthday i've gone through this in many of my past episodes um Affected by the system, the Antichrist, which is already in place, um, the majority of those who call themselves Christian have already put their faith into the system that is being created right now. Um, a lot of this system was created in 325 AD when Constantine legalized Christianity, uh, claimed the birth of Christ being December 25th, which is the birthday of Tammuz. And when we go by the Babylonian um, records and understand where the Star of Bethlehem occurred, it was between uh, August and September. The Antichrist will not be uh, simply converting the world to his teachings either, but he will also want to eliminate the true believers and the teachings that will contradict his false doctrine. And that will lead us to um, the sixth and most tragic sign that we will come across. And that will be the true persecution of Christians. And uh, this would be mentioned um, in Daniel 7.25 when the Antichrist will violently perse persecute those who obey God's true laws and commands. When we think back of the images of concentration camps and horrors of World War II, we think about all the Jews that were being killed and everything during those times. And when they were being executed during World War II under Hitler and the Nazi regime, we understand that that big persecution is going to be another one the holocaust is going to be like another one for us and again with many traditions and uh, conspiracy theories that have been going on with fema camps and all this which at fema camps people are all saying that they're just meant for you know mass supplies the bible states that we're going to be persecuted and what better than having a bunch of these coffins being created these plastic coffins that can fit you know you know five or six bodies in there but you know the government doing a, a complete overhaul and killing you know a third of the population and 
America and pretty much a third of the population worldwide is what the Bible says. Revelation describes the anger of the obedience and um, the anger of their obedience uh, um, engenders in Satan, the devil. And he will respond. The dragon was enraged with the woman, um, and he went to make more with the rest of her offspring, who kept the commandments of God and have the testimony of Jesus Christ. So, when we think about this, we think about a lot of what the Jews and the Christians go through. So, um,. When we think about how he's going to go after the ones who kept the commandments of God, which would be the Jews, and um, even the Christians, we try to keep the commandments of God, we just fail horribly at it. <laughs> um, and then um, have the testimony of Jesus Christ, which 1% of Israel does not accept Jesus Christ as the Messiah they don't even ex they don't even regard him so when you have 1% of Israel that actually does you know accept him and the 99% of Israel just denies him we understand that the body of Christ and the messianic Jewish people um, are all going to be persecuted the Jews first and then the Gentiles um, and then the seventh and last sign is he will point to a revived Roman Empire and then when we reflect when the woman rides the beast in Revelation 13 warns that the false prophet will influence the masses to support the coming beast of Revelation and that the Antichrist will marshal um, the might of his beast power, leading um, a revived end-time Roman Empire that will eclipse even the power and might of today's United States po uh, military. Both political and uh, military powerhouses will wield strength, but the world will never have been able to see this before, and we have now with this new technology we have with AI artificial intelligence training they have automatically and systematically broken down that our reaction times will never be as quick as a computers so with these computer drones and everything that's happening the only thing that we can do to stop these types of things is have a built-in EMP and the EMP would eliminate all electrical uh, impulses in the area which could disable any kind of drones or any kind of um, malicious attacks on us as people but the whole um, might and military and political power uh, as, as long as economic power that this Antichrist will have will be a military that will be beyond our comprehension 
that will be beyond the United States military, which even though we have a debt and everything, we are still regarded as the most powerful nation in the world based on military. Um, even though China and um, Russia um, have a, a bigger military rate than us, we beat them on air force and technology. So when all of this happens, there's going to be an unholy alliance of a false church and a tyrannical state that will dominate the world, and it, that's just around the corner from us. The signs are here. We're looking at signs in the sky that are pointing to the coming of this revelation and the coming of the end times. What we do know for this is the people that are listening. The true Christ will prevail, and he will come back for us. And he will ignite this war, and he will protect us. Whether we live or die martyrs for this cause, for him, at the end of all of this, we realize that in Revelation 19 verse 20, then the beast was captured and with him the false prophet who worked the signs in his presence by which he deceived those who received the mark of the beast and those who worshipped his image. These two were cast alive into the lake of fire burning with brimstone. Revelation 12 um, reveals that the persecution ahead reveals that many zealous Christians will be protected during the Great Tribulation. Watch, therefore, and pray always that you may be counted worthy to escape all these things that will come to pass and stand before the Son of Man. Luke 21:36. these very horrific and scary times that we're having right now the more and more we think about how our world is changing how people are changing how the demonic world and basically the unexplainable things that are occurring today and we're counting on our fingers to try to um, understand what is going on we grasp each other and we need to understand what God's word is saying so I ask you if you can um, if you're listening to this and you are ready to be a part of Christ, say your sinner's prayer. Um, the sinner's prayer is in uh, one of the uh, episodes. You can just uh, go into the episodes and just type in sinner's prayer on Spotify or whatever you're uh, listening on, and it should pop up. Uh, recite that. And become born again in Christ. Because. Believe it or not. Whether you are. Agnostic. Atheist. 
you know, uh, Hindu, Buddhist, whatever. If you're try- if you're reaching this and you pull up on this podcast and you're listening to it and for some reason you feel a tightness in your heart and you feel something that's pulling at you, I want you to realize that John 3.16 states that Jesus died for everyone who believes. And changing your life for Christ is one of the most beautiful things in the world you can do. It's not just, you know, living like however you want or involving pagan traditions and stuff. That's stuff of the Nicolaitans. That's stuff that we're, we're not supposed to be a part of. This isn't a podcast of secular Christianity, progressive Christianity. This is what the Bible teaches. This is what the podcast is about. It's supposed to reach these people. I don't care if you're from Iran. I don't care if you're Muslim. I don't care, you know, what race, religion, creed, you know, you are. Jesus died for all of us. He went to the people that would have killed him. People that hated the Jews. And they he went there to preach. He went to Israel and was preaching. And even the religious leaders didn't like him because they didn't agree with it. And he was telling them, your religion is doing it wrong. You're following bad traditions. And when we think about this, Jesus was trying to explain that these churches and these temples and synagogues and mosques and all these places that are doing things are doing it all wrong and deep in his heart in his soul Christ is part of the father the beginning and the end he created and he can destroy but he is meant to give us an everlasting life and Believe it or not, there is a war on earth. And it's a spiritual war. One that you cannot see. But there might be times where you might feel it. There might be times you might be in complete ecstasy and be really happy. And then all of a sudden you get pulled down to the darkest moments of your life. And God will test you. Don't lose faith. Stick with God. And if you can, recite the sinner's prayer. Become born again. And baptize yourself in the Holy Spirit. God bless you all and have a great rest of your week.